Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, July 23rd. Shabbat Shalom. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Bred Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Pinchas. Numbers 29, 21-29, 40 The third day Eleven bulls, two rams, fourteen yearling lambs without blemish, the meal offerings and libations for the bulls, rams, and lambs in the quantities prescribed, and one goat for a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering, its meal offering, and libation. Fourth day, ten bulls, two rams, fourteen yearling lambs without blemish, the meal offerings and libations for the bulls, rams, and lambs, in the quantities prescribed, and one goat for a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering, its meal offering, and libation. Fifth day, nine bulls, two rams, fourteen yearling lambs without blemish, the meal offerings and libations for the bulls, rams, and lambs, in the quantities prescribed, and one goat for a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering, its meal offering, and libation. Sixth day, eight bulls, two rams, fourteen yearling lambs without blemish, the meal offerings and libations for the bulls, rams, and lamb, in the quantities prescribed, and one goat 
for a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering, its meal offering, and libations. Seventh day, seven bulls, two rams, fourteen yearling lambs without blemish, the meal offerings and libations for the bulls, rams, and lambs, in the quantities prescribed, and one goat for a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering, its meal offering, and libation. On the eighth day you shall hold a solemn gathering. You shall not work at your occupations. You shall present a burnt offering, an offering by fire of pleasing odor to Hashem, one bull, one ram, seven yearling lambs without blemish, the meal offerings and libations for the bull, the ram, the lambs, in the quantities prescribed, and one goat for a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering, its meal offering, and libation. All these you shall offer to Hashem at the stated times, in addition to your votive and free will offerings, be they burnt offerings and meal offerings, libations, or offerings of well-being. So Moses spoke to the Israelites, just as Hashem had commanded Moses. Second Chronicles eight eleven to ten nineteen. Solomon brought up Pharaoh's daughter from the city of David to the palace that he had built for her, for he said, No wife of mine shall dwell in a palace of King David of Israel, for the area is sacred, since the ark of Hashem has entered it. At that time Solomon offered burnt offerings on the altar that he had built in front of the porch. What was due for each day he sacrificed according to the commandment of Moses for the Shabbat, the new moons, and the thrice yearly festivals the festival of Passover, the festival of Shavuot, and the festival of Sukkot. Following the prescription of his father David, he set up the divisions of the Kohanim for their duties, and the Leviim for their watches, to praise and to serve alongside the Kohanim, according to each day's requirement, and the gatekeepers in their watches, gate by gate. For such was the commandment of David, the man of Hashem. They did not depart from the commandment of the king relating to the Kohanim and the Leviim in all these matters, and also relating to the treasuries. And all of Solomon's work was well executed from the day of the house of Hashem was founded until the house of Hashem was completed to perfection. At that time Solomon went to Etzion-Geber and to Eloth on the seacoast of the land of Edom. Huram sent him, under the charge of servants, a fleet with a crew of expert seamen. They went with Solomon's men to Ophir and obtained gold there in the amount of four hundred kikirim, which they brought to King Solomon. The Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame and came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions, accompanied by a very large retinue, including camels bearing spices, a great quantity of gold, and precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she spoke to him of all that she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all of her questions. There was nothing that Solomon did not know 
nothing to which he could not give her an answer. When the Queen of Sheba saw how wise Solomon was, and the palace that he had built, the fare of his table, the seating of his courtiers, the service and attire of his attendants, his butlers and their attire, and the procession with which he went up to the house of Hashem, it took her breath away. She said to the king, What I heard in my own land about you and your wisdom was true. I did not believe what they said until I came and saw with my own eyes that not even the half of your great wisdom has been described to me. You surpass the report that I heard. How fortunate are your men, and how fortunate are these courtiers of yours, who are always in attendance on you and can hear your wisdom. Blessed is Hashem your God, who favored you and set you on his throne as a king before Hashem. It is because of your God's love for Israel, and in order to establish them forever, that he made you king over them to execute righteous judgment. She presented the king with 120 kikirim of gold and a vast quantity of spices and precious stones. There were no such spices as those which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Also, the servants of Huram and Solomon, who brought gold from Ophir, brought algum wood and precious stones. The king made of the algum wood ramps for the house of Hashem, and for the royal palace, and lyres and harps for the musicians, whose like had never before been seen in the land of Yehuda. King Solomon, in turn, gave the Queen of Sheba everything she expressed a desire for, exceeding a return for what she had brought to the king. Then she and her courtiers left and returned to her own land. The gold that Solomon received every year weighed 666 gold kikirim, besides what traders and merchants brought, and the gold and silver that all the kings of Arabia and governors of the region brought to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 shields of beaten gold, 600 shekels of beaten gold for each shield, and 300 bucklers of beaten gold, 300 shekels of gold for each buckler. The king placed them in the Lebanon forest house. The king also made a large throne of ivory overlaid with pure gold. Six steps led up to the throne, and the throne had a golden footstool attached to it, and arms on either side of the seat. Two lions stood beside the arms, and twelve lions stood on the six steps, six on either side. None such was ever made for any other kingdom. All of King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the utensils of the Lebanon forest house were of pure gold. Silver counted for nothing in Solomon's days. The king's fleet traveled to Tarshish with Huram's servants. Once every three years the Tarshish fleet came in bearing gold and silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in wealth and wisdom. All the kings of the earth came to pay homage to Solomon and to listen to the wisdom with which Hashem had endowed him. Each brought his tribute, silver and gold objects, robes, weapons, 
and spices, horses and mules, in the amount due each year. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots, and 12,000 horsemen, which he stationed in the chariot towns and with the king in Jerusalem. He ruled over all the kings from the Euphrates to the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stones, and cedars as plentiful as sycamores in the Shephelah. Horses were brought for Solomon from Egypt and all the lands. The other events of Solomon's reign early and late are recorded in the chronicle of the Navi Natan, and in the prophecies of Achaia the Silonite, and in the visions of Jado the seer concerning Jehoram's son of Nebat. Solomon reigned forty years over all Israel in Jerusalem. Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of his father David. His son Rehoboam succeeded him as king. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to acclaim him king. Jeroboam, son of Nebat, learned of it while he was in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon, and Jeroboam returned from Egypt. They sent for him, and Jeroboam and all Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam as follows. Your father made our yoke heavy. Now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke that your father laid on us, and we will serve you. He answered them, Come back to me in three days. So the people went away. King Rehoboam took counsel with the elders who had served during the lifetime of his father Solomon. He said, What answer do you counsel to give these people? They answered him, If you will be good to these people and appease them and speak to them with kind words, they will be your servants always. But he ignored the counsel that the elders gave him and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. What, he answered, do you counsel that we reply to these people who said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father laid on us? And the young men who had grown up with him answered, Speak thus to the people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, now you make it lighter for us. Say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. My father imposed a heavy yoke on you, and I will add to your yoke. My father flogged you with whips, but I will do so with scorpions. Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, since the king had told them, Come back on the third day. The king answered them harshly. Thus King Rehoboam ignored the elders' counsel. He spoke to them in accordance with the counsel of the young men, and said, I will make your yoke heavy, and I will add to it. My father flogged you with whips, but I will do so with scorpions. The king did not listen to the people, for Hashem had brought it about in order that Hashem might fulfill the promise that he had made through Achiah the Shilonite to Jeroboam son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king had not listened to them, the people answered the king, We have no portion in David, no share in Yishai's son. To your tents, O Israel. Now return to your own house, O David. 
So all Israel returned to their homes. But Rehoboam continued to reign over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent out Hadoram, who was in charge of the forced labor. But the Israelites pelted him to death with stones. Thereupon, King Rehoboam hurriedly mounted his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. Israel has been in revolt against the house of David to this day. Romans 8, 9-21 But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man has not the Spirit of Yeshua, he is none of his. And if Yeshua be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Yeshua from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Yeshua from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you live through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Psalm 18, 16-36 He, the Lord, sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands has he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore has the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. With the merciful you will show yourself merciful. With an upright man you will show yourself 
upright. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the froward, you shall show yourself froward. For you will save the afflicted people, but will bring down high looks. For you will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girds me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me upon high places. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. You have also given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand has holden me up, and your gentleness has made me great. You have enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. Proverbs 19.26 He that wastes his father and chases away his mother is a son that causes shame and brings reproach. I'd like to speak to you from our reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 10. And this chapter is in parallel to the chapter from 1 Kings chapter 12. This is a very sad chapter to read. It basically outlines the very first kingdom split, or church split, if you will, between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And the issue was taxes. Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, consults with first wise elders, and then his peers, regarding a question that was brought before him. The people of the northern kingdom, that is the king of the house of Israel, the ten tribes of the north, come to him and said, Your father put a heavy load upon us. Please lighten up our load. Lighten it up. And so Rehoboam consults first with the elders, and they counsel him, and they say, do as they ask, lighten up their load, and they and be kind to them, and they will be your loyal subjects. But then he consults with his peers, and his peers give him very bad advice. They say, make their load even heavier. We'll whip you with the tails of scorpions. And when he gives the people that answer three days later, the people answer him after hearing how the king answered the people roughly, and he rejected the advice which the elders had given, given to him. And he spoke to them, saying to them, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. The king did not listen to the people, for the turn of events was from the Lord. And so when the 
people of Israel, the northern kingdom, saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king and they said, What share do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, now see to your own house, O David. And Israel departed to their tents. And then when the king, Rehoboam, sent Adoram, who was basically the tax collector, he was in charge of revenue, all Israel stoned him with stones and he died. And so King Rehoboam fled to Jerusalem. And here is the sad verse. The chapter concludes, Israel has been in revolt against the house of David to this day. The church, the early church, in the early days of the apostles, after Yeshua ascended, they had Hebrew roots. They kept the Sabbath, they kept the feasts, and they followed the Torah by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. They honored the Torah. But as time went on, a couple of hundred years later, with the Council of Nicaea, there was decisions made by the early church fathers to cut themselves off from the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. And they changed the day of worship from Sabbath, that is Saturday, to Sunday. Because Sunday, after all, is sun, S-U-N, worship, not S-O-N, worship. And they completely cut themselves off from all of the biblical feasts, Passover, Sukkot, Shavuot. And um, there's been this wall between Jews and Christians for centuries. And in fact, many of our church forefathers, the church leaders of yesterday, were very, um, they persecuted the Jews, the Crusades, the Holocaust, the pogroms, all of that, a lot of our church forefathers were involved in this persecution against Jews. And I believe it all had its root in what happened here in this chapter that we read today, this very first church split or family of God split. And so the wall has been erected over the centuries, and it's going to take time and prayer and repentance to dismantle that wall and to build a bridge. So the church for centuries has been on a road, a journey, and that road leads to Rome, to the Roman Catholic Church. Now, even Protestants who broke away from the Catholic Church, they still carry many of the baggage of the Roman Catholic Church, keeping their worship day on Sunday, um, and, and lots of other baggage, keeping pagan holidays, uh, honoring pagan holidays, such as Halloween and even Christmas, with Christmas trees in their church foyers. So there's a lot of baggage that needs to be unpacked. But what we do see is in the last 30 years, and even in the last five years, 
many people in the mainstream Christian world are getting off of the road to Rome and they are returning to the road that leads back to Jerusalem, where it all started. And learning more from our brother Judah. After all, they've been following the Torah for hundreds and hundreds of years. And in the Hebrew Roots world, we've only been understanding and following the Torah just in the last two or three decades. We're babes at this. We can learn from Brother Judah. Now, does that mean that we ever turn away from Yeshua, our head? Absolutely not. He is the head of the body. Yeshua is the Son of God. And Yahweh and Yeshua, they are one. The Father and the Son, they are one. But whenever I read this chapter about this original church split, family split, it makes my heart sad. And I long for the day when that breach will be healed. And it will be healed. God will do it. How he does it, when he does it, will be a great delight and a great surprise. But he does uh, promise us that he will heal this breach. I'll share two passages that talk about how that's going to happen. The first is in Ezekiel chapter 37. And in Ezekiel chapter 37, starting in verse 15, it is written, Again the word of the Lord came to me, saying, As for you, son of man, take a stick for yourself and ride on it for Judah, and for the children of Israel his companions. Then take another stick and ride on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel his companions. So Judah is the southern kingdom, the Jews, and Joseph is the northern kingdom, the non-Jews. Verse 17, Then join them one to another for yourself into one stick, and they will become one in your hand. And when the children of your people speak to you, saying, Will you not show us what you mean by this? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Surely I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his companions, and I will join them with it with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they will become one in my hand. So these two sticks, these two people groups, will become one in the hand of God. That's his promise. The other place that talks about this is in the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 1. And it's talking about the restoration of Israel. Hosea chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There it shall be said to them, You are the sons of the living God. And then the children of Judah, that is the Jews, And the children of Israel, 
that is the non-Jews, shall be gathered together and appoint for themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land of land. They shall come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. So again, we have pictured here two peoples becoming one people with one head. And who is that head? That head, I believe, is going to be Yeshua. So he will accomplish it. But part of the work that we have to do to prepare the way for that to happen is we need to repent. And again, I invite you to participate in the nation's ninth of Av on the ninth of Av this year, falling at sundown August the 6th and going into August the 7th. Go to the website, the number 9-av.com, and there is a an online prayer event that you can participate in on Zoom. If you go to that website and click the Join Us button, you can get included in this, and they will reach out to you by email with information on how to join in on this online repentance prayer event, a global event. And this will help prepare the way for the healing of the breach, for the walls of the centuries to come down, and for the bridge to be built between the northern and the southern kingdom. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Yevrekka Adonai Vish Merekka Yaya Adonai Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Ileka Vayaseleka Leka Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>